Welcome back, podcast listeners. Today, we are discussing the 10 vital things we would have told our younger self. As always, this information on this podcast is not designed to diagnose, treat, or prevent any condition. It's for information purposes only and a platform to share personal experiences. Please seek advice from your healthcare professional before making any changes to your current lifestyle. Stay tuned because the Alpha Babes podcast is about to go live in three, two, one. Welcome to the Alpha Babes podcast. You're here with the Alpha Babes sisters, Hannah and Mia. Hello, beautiful girls. Hey, hey, it's Monday. And we are what, Mia? Pumped. Oh, new adjective. <laughs> I am impressed. We're pumped. For we're today. pumped to be here today and we're doing something a little bit different. We have just brainstormed five each, five little things that we would tell our younger self. And um, I wish I had known some of these things when I was, yeah, maybe in my 20s. Uh, yeah. However, um, maybe some of you out there. This could be vital for you. Exactly. Don't you ever reflect back and think, oh, shit, I wish I knew that. Why did I do that? If you like, you reflect back maybe on some like old fashion styles you used to wear <laughs> or some old things you used to say to yourself or just when you reflect back, you think, God damn it, I wish I knew that. <laughs> and I would do things so differently now. All right, so we're going to get cracking into this one and we're going to start. I'm going to start. Let's go tit for tat. Tit for tat. Yeah, so you say and then I say. All right, so one of the lessons that I wish I had known or that I could tell my younger self, I would say probably around that 21 sort of age would be this. Wide leg jeans are not <laughs> my friend. <laughs> they are not okay. And <laughs> They belong in the 70s or is it 60s? Oh, who freaking knows? <laughs> but I had them in the 2000s. Oh, and no. And can I say that not hemming your pants is also a lesson in itself. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the story because okay, I feel like so. you need a visual. So some of you will know this, some of you won't, but I left school and I got my apprenticeship in being a florist. And I had these particular jeans, wide leg jeans, unhemmed. And basically what happened is I would wear them in the florist. And for those of you who are a florist, you'll get this. For those of you who won't, you I need to paint you the picture. Being a florist is one of the messiest jobs you'll ever do because what happens is as you cut the stems, the stems go onto the floor and you end up standing on top of them until you decide that you would sweep the floor. But you don't really sweep the floor every time you make something because, come on, that wouldn't be very productive. So basically what this resulted in my younger 21 self would that I would have these wide leg jeans that now was stained green <laughs> on the bottom. I actually remember this. And actually didn't, because they were unhemmed and you would walk around, like the friction of like the pavement <laughs> tore them and yeah, they, got they were frayed. frayed. Yeah, they were frayed. <laughs> Unintentionally green, <laughs> wide-legged, and I couldn't throw them out. In did fact, you only wear them to work or did you wear them other places? Oh, I'm, I'm sure I wore them out. <laughs> like I'm sure that I just thought they looked good. And I would wear sandals. With them as well, <laughs> just to emphasize. Oh my God, those sandals! I remember they my were Jesus like sandals. <laughs> Jesus, sandals. I wore Jesus like, sandals. They're like Israelite sandals. Like. I would wear them in winter. <laughs> yeah. 
So they like were glued there was this, to my feet. So they were like these leather, all leather sole, leather straps, leather everything sandals, and they were actually from Israel, yep. which was funny. And they were super strappy. So you had like a strap around your toe, and then strap like seven hundred straps up like your yep. f- the bridge of your foot, and then just a buckle around the back and everywhere. <laughs> and they were they're like imprinted of your foot. I remember Absolutely. like a Birkenstock. I know, and I even <laughs> had a necklace. That had a Jesus sandal around my neck. So you were covered in was, sandals from head to toe. <laughs> I was repping the sandal <laughs> vibe hard with wide legged jeans and stained at the bottom. And it will go even further because even in my, when I had started, when I was a florist and I was also putting myself through university, being a teacher, I got myself a job within hospitality and I had this pair of black pants. Okay, were they wide leg too? They weren't wide leg. They were a little bit form fitting, uh, but they were frayed at the bottom, <laughs> and they would drag along the bottom. You know why? Because we never learned how to sew. I like. I can't even sew a button. No, on. neither can I. I reckon I went through home ec and I don't th- <laughs> class at school, and I don't think I was ever there. I reckon I flunked out of that because oh. I still, to this day, don't know how to like sew a ham. Sew a button, nothing. Seriously. And if I – you know what? I, I would like to say that I Hannah did. Hannah and I are short. Yeah. We, we're really short. We're, we're – I'm like 5'2 or 5'3. Yeah, we're 157 centimetres to oh, be okay. exact. But yeah. anyway, I went to the point where – you know when you go down the supermarket aisles and you find that ironed-on hem – no. Okay, well, don't. This is not good advice. So please don't get your notepad and pen out now because this this <laughs> this was not good. So because I didn't know how to hem, and I started to realize that hey, my pants are a bit free. <laughs> I bought this this stuff from Coles or Woolworths that you would put inside your pants and then get a hot iron and iron it on. So essentially what you were doing was folding up the hem, but basically what it resulted in was uneven hems. <laughs> Then the, 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 the only bit that would fall down would be the frayed bit. <laughs> so yes. it would be short at the front and, and long like at the a back. tail at the back. I had a train <laughs> on my pair of pants. Anyway. So lesson number one. Lesson number one. Wide leg jeans are not my friend. Make sure you hem your pants. Tailored pants is key. Yes, tailored pants is key. Okay. All right. Well, my second point on the ten things or five things that I wish I knew and I could tell my younger self this one is a little bit more deeper than the frayed pants, <laughs> but my point would be you don't always have to have it figured out. Do you remember mm. like being at school and the teachers be like, so what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh my God. And I would feel like I had to have the answer straight away. And I was like, oh, the answer will come when I get out of school and maybe I'll go to uni or go to TAFE or something like that. And when I didn't, people would always ask, oh, so what are you doing? Like, and if you're just working in a job, everyone would assume that you were studying. Like if you work full-time in retail, everyone's <laughs> like, oh, so, oh, you work here full-time. So like, are you studying? And I'm like, well, no, like this, <laughs> this is my this job. Is it. And you, yeah, and people, I don't know, you'll always get that feeling uh, that you would have to know what you're going to do. Like you had to have this big title, like I am a, a, a vet, <laughs> I am a doctor, I am a whatever. Um, and my, I would say to my younger self is you don't always have to have it figured out. I reckon, like I'm 30 next month. 
big Where fat she is, can I just side tangent here? She is peaking. I'm a little bit peaking about it. Like I'm in two minds. Like I get it because I had the same feeling yeah. when I turned thirty. Yeah. That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> We're not mentioning what to, what to do when you turn thirty. Yeah. <laughs> do you reckon crisis. only like a very small percentage of our listeners? Yeah. <laughs> no, they're like that's ages away. Yeah. You guys yeah. are ancient. <laughs> yes. Anyway, but yeah, I would definitely say only in the last like maybe three years. So it took me to get to twenty. 27 years old when I thought I would be married with you know like a house and like I don't know maybe three kids and have this big job title like I thought by 27 your life is essentially over and (laughs) you're old and all of that stuff and I'd have all this all these things in my life but really it wasn't until I got to 27 that I finally found what I was passionate about and what I wanted to do and it took me jump jumping from so many different job titles to figure it out and I think that that's okay to to be in lots of different fields like I was in hospitality I was in real estate I was in beauty beauty therapy um oh what else oh like anything selling uh, you're in uh, retail you did retail manager jobs yeah personal assistant like I was like bloody everything and um through each of those jobs I learned something about myself which ultimately found me in the position where I really knew what I wanted to do. So if you are in a position where you're, you feel like you haven't quite got what you want to do with your life figured out, I'm here to say it is okay. It's okay. And enjoy the process of learning what it is. And if you don't figure that out until you're 30, 40, who gives a shit? But the, the main thing is that you get there. So don't freak out if you don't have the answers straight away. Mm, that's a really good one. I can totally relate to that. My next one would be, and it's probably more on that train of deep thinking, but people-pleasing is a disease Mm. and it de-empowers you. That was central in my counselling journey. One of the things that I had spent my entire life doing was trying to please everybody else. So I'll tell an example of when I was 14. I remember having this best friend and – I just desperately wanted to make sure that she liked me. So she would say, oh, I really like the color orange. Like I think orange is really trendy and, you know, and I'd go out and buy orange. Even though orange made me look just (laughs) foul, I was wearing orange. And then it went down to even food or, or words or whatever. I basically just copied my friend in order to feel like she liked me. So there was such a big, strong element of people pleasing. I couldn't just stand and be my own authentic self. And I was constantly trying to change myself into whatever it is that the other people wanted me to. And I think in my counseling journey, one of the, one of the big key light bulbs for me was that as long as I'm trying to please everybody else, all I am bringing to myself is de-empowerment and and a real big deep sense of unhappiness. And when I started to actually really picture what people-pleasing was and learned that it was a disease, I thought, my God, I have a disease of people-pleasing. And I'm not okay with that because it alters my life forever if I continue to keep doing it. So, As I was going about my counselling journey, I had this poem that was written to me or given to me, sorry, by my counsellor and it talked about the the plum 
Um, and I like the plum poem and I'll kind of try and abbreviate it to you, but it spoke about how there was this plum and this plum just wanted to fit in and a, and a banana came along and, and the plum was like, oh, I really like this banana. I want to be just like this banana and it would change itself to be like a banana, but it could never quite be a banana because all it could be was the very best plum. And then the orange came along. It's like, oh, I like this orange. I'm going to be an orange. Tried to change itself and then came to the conclusion of, I can't be an orange. I can just be the very best plum. And so really, it goes through a whole fruit salad there. (laughs) um, And it finally comes around (laughs) to the point where it goes, I'm going to accept me for as I am and I'm going to be proud of me for who I am. And that's when empowerment comes in you, when you truly accept you just the way that you are, And then it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks of you. What matters is what you think of you. And really, if I could, if I could go back and say to my younger self that you don't have to please everyone, you're actually not going to be able to. There's going to be people who don't like you, and there's going to be people who, you know, will disagree with you. But that's okay. That's about them, not about you. So there's my lesson. Hashtag be the best plum. Yeah. Plum life. (laughs) Plum life for life. (laughs) Love it. Okay, cool. Good point. All right. My next point that I would tell my younger self and my younger self being about 19, maybe 18, would be this. Now, this is like, I feel like everyone knows this, but yet for some reason at that time, I clearly didn't get the memo. I did not know this. That black undergarments of both (laughs) bra and g-strings should not be worn under white clothes that's right I did the dirty and I was wearing black g-string under the white pants and I had white and cream g-strings but chose to wear the black (laughs) one now I know that makes me sound like an absolute tart um but this, this, <laughs> at the time, there was, I was a particular like, pair of white there pants. There was a particular pair of white pants, and yes, there it was. I had, well, you tell the story. They were, they were loose fitting, and they <laughs> were kind of like, I don't know, like, you know, how you have those pair of relaxed pants that you wear on like an island? Oh, yeah, they were like um, resort wear. Yeah, they were resort <laughs> wear, see through white. Because they're meant to be worn on a beach, yeah. like with swimmers yeah. underneath. But every time she had them on, I'd be like, oh, there's the black G-string. <laughs> Why did I do that? And I, we would tell her. I we would tell her that. and she'd be like, yeah, so? Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't did, – and also, but the mo- that wasn't the defined moment because that was just Hannah and I was like, oh, my sister's a bitch, so I'm yeah, not going to listen, yeah. like whatever. Nothing's changed there. But it was <laughs> when I wore my – okay, long story short, going back to the several job titles that I had, I used to work in real estate – um, I worked as a PA for Ray White um, for this horrible lady, and I won't say her name, but she was at, she was like Coella Deville, like she was <laughs> proper, so proper mean, yeah, old and mean and nasty, and I was terrified of her. But she was my boss, and I was her PA, and I remember I remember being so fixated on being. Um, early so I could get her coffee and try to impress her and everything that I knew that like going to work that I wouldn't wear a black bra but I put the black bra on under my white ray white right ray white shirt and went to work I got the coffees and I thought I was, I was doing so well and like it's not like you could see all my boobs but you could <laughs> you could see the you know the back of the blouse was a bit more like sheer and you could see I was wearing a black bra underneath 
And she got, uh, you know, I was doing so well and I grabbed my coffees and I was giving it to her and I was like, oh, here you go. Like, I've got, here's your schedule for the day. And I thought I was on point. She looked me up and down, snatched the coffee out of my hands and she goes, you know what, Mia? You would be what I describe as a pretty apple with a bad core. And she looked (laughs) at my bra. I could see she was looking down at my top and she just was absolutely... Absolutely mortified that I did that. So that was an awakening of be careful of the undergarments that you choose to wear. Make sure they are appropriate for the setting. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I love it. Don't be a pretty apple with a bad core. (laughs) So my next point here that I would tell my younger self would be this. Speaking up allows you to shine. And I think that if I do, when I say that, the word shine is really important to me. Um, I minimized so much in my life that I didn't matter. I wasn't important and that what I had to say didn't matter. So I said nothing. And that cost me a great deal of pain in, in my story and in my journey. And what I've really come to learn is that speaking up and speaking your truth matters. And it doesn't matter about the reaction that somebody gives you, it matters to you. And that's what really was insightful and powerful for me was that when I spoke my truth and owned my truth, that's when I transcended into, into the powerful person that I now believe that I am. And I think when you've spent most of your life feeling like you're not powerful, when uh, you actually deep down are, when you when you spend all that time minimizing you and not being important and not speaking up, when you actually do, it's liberating. And it's not because you're trying to do it for anyone else, but when you're doing it for you and you're speaking your truth, it is just a life-transforming uh, event. And I wish I had told that to my younger self because I think that there were so many times where I wish I'd spoken up about things. Uh, and, and to the point where I guess it's more around like a boundary setting. I remember, oh, I'll probably tell the story because it's come to my mind. But um, I remember being a teacher and having another male teacher say something really inappropriate to me, like really like sexually inappropriate to me. And I won't go into the details, but I remember walking away and I said nothing. I said absolutely nothing. And I felt crap about that because it wasn't okay what he said. Mm. And it wasn't okay about how I felt, but I said nothing. But Do you think in your silence it kind of made him think that it was okay? No, well, he laughed. He laughed. He laughed. He thought it was hilarious because I didn't obviously know how to deal with conflict. That's a whole nother different podcast to talk about. But I remember he had said something rude. I didn't know how to respond to it. I responded by saying something probably more like a joke or something light. And then he responded back with a laugh and reinforced again what he said. So I walked away thinking, that's not okay. Mm. That was actually not okay and I'm not okay with that. But then I didn't know how to come back from that. And I think that if I could go back and tell my 26-year-old self or 25, can't remember the age in there, I I would turn around and say to that person, that's not appropriate. That's not how you speak to a woman. And then leave it at that and walk away. Mm. Because that was my truth, but I didn't say it. Yeah. 
That's a good one. Yeah. Very, very good. Okay. My next point would be don't believe what others say over your life. I think, you know, um, where – and that might come into like um, – you know, people pleasing and all that sort of stuff. Like sometimes you just, you put too, you give too much weight onto what others say about you where they don't, they, no one knows what's going to happen in your life. We don't even know what's going to happen in your life. Um, You know, it's, you can't listen to what other people say is going to happen because they don't know shit. And I think if I'm going to put back a story and this is obviously a really personal story and it comes back from when I was a little kid, like, Obviously, you've heard us talk about our dad and everything like that and how he we, we grew up in a really toxic environment and family household. Um, and I remember my dad always saying, um, you'll never – I can't remember the way it was said, but basically you'll never amount to anything. And mm. that was regularly said that I'll never achieve anything, I won't be a success. And I, for the longest time, believed that. I think I, I any time I would have a little glimmer of like what my core belief was was that I would say to myself is I really thought I would be a success like I knew I was meant to do something great with my life but then those words of what he said would come flooding in and I would go oh wait actually no I, I'm going to just be a failure because mm-hmm. that person said that about me and I held on to that but what I realize is that the moment you start to let go through the process of letting that statement go or let letting go of the words that hold you, um, that's when that real core belief about yourself or what you know to be true really allows you know, it comes up onto the service and actually eventuates. So where I am now is so different to where I was. And that's all because I allowed myself to let go of those words that were said over my life. And that when I was able to do that, I was then able to step into the direction of where my life was really meant to go. Mm. And that I believe that is to help millions of women around the world. Mm. Other. Yeah. And so those – but I think that I would tell myself, my younger self, that don't believe what others say over your life because they don't know shit. Yeah, and it gives them the power. It does, yeah. And 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 takes it away from you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you you gave the power back by putting yourself back into the driver's seat. Yeah, for sure. And it's 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 a it sounds hard, but it really is. It's not hard. It's, it's one well, decision, one micro decision. It away. is a micro decision, and it's um. I think that it's just it, it's that split decision to challenge your your mind. So when those negative thoughts come back and go, oh, but remember when they said that about you, you have the power to then flip that again and say well, no, I don't believe that. I choose not to believe that. Yeah. What's yeah. my truth? Yeah. My yeah. truth is this. Yeah. That's just a, a bullshit limiting belief. Yeah. They don't know shit. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of shits. Well, lots of hashtags yeah. here. <laughs> hashtag plum life. Hashtag they don't know shit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, changing it up a little bit of a, a notch here. Um, one of the things that I would tell my younger self, now I'll put an age bracket around this. It will be from probably about age 12 to age hmm, (laughs) probably age 24 okay so here it is and for all those curly sisters out there you're totally gonna get where I'm coming from I know exactly what you're gonna say (laughs) do not brush your hair if you have curly hair do not brush it that's point number one deviating from that is 
do not apply a whole can of mousse <laughs> to your hair. You permanently smelled like a like a like hair a no, it was salon. You yeah. smelled like a hair salon. Was it Taft? What's the name of that oh, brand? No, it was. Um, it's a green bottle. Was it green or no? But there was also this one. It was a Vader and it was blue in that blue bottle. Yeah. And it was a mousse, right? And Hannah would sit there and she would, after the shower, remember, I would always see you with the um, heat diffuser on, like to curl, to make your hair even curlier. And you put like a whole can of this mousse in your hair. The, you the, had the, like the, barbed wire curls. The, the mousse was like, what do you call those big um, ice peaks in, in Antarctica? What do you, an iceberg. <laughs> I had an iceberg. <laughs> In my hand, yeah. and I would flip my head over, and I would just dump that whole iceberg of mousse into yeah. my hair to the point where it was barbed wire. Yeah. So and you could you could snap one of Hannah's yeah. curls off, yeah. like it was hard. And yeah, it was hard. <laughs> and then to transcend from that, so hang on, I need to go back to when I was, you know. 12, were you 13, were you 14, 15. Your hair I wasn't moosing my hair, but I was brushing it. You know, like those those pin needle brushes. Yeah. It didn't matter what brush it was, but my hair looked like a pyramid. <laughs> so it would go straight from the from the top of my head and it would like come out like a triangle to the tops of my shoulders. <laughs> and I would wear these gold round glasses. Yeah. And I'd have pyramid hair. <laughs> and I rocked that pyramid hair with a sandal necklace. With a sandal necklace <laughs> yeah, and, and sandal sandals. Shoes. Yeah. That's what I did. So you that were like um like um the pyramid of Giza. Oh, like was the pyramid <laughs> of Giza. I literally was rocking that era. Um and then I thought, well, my God, I kind of pyramid hair. I'm going to have barbed wire hair instead. <laughs> so then I put all the mousse in the world. And then how I transcended from that was I decided that, okay, maybe my curl's a bit too much. I'm just going to allow two rabbi curls just to fall <laughs> down side of my head. So I would have my hair back tight and I'd have two rabbi curls. Yeah. So just think down the side of your face, just like spiral <laughs> curls all the way down and that's how I'd rock my hair. Yeah. Good. Yeah. 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 So what would I tell my younger self? Go, go <laughs> easy on the mousse. Go easy on curly hair. Go, yeah. Don't overbrush it. Don't apply a can of mousse and rabbi curls really aren't fashionable. <laughs> So there we go. Yeah, good. Good points. Okay, yeah. I like it. All right. Um, my next point would be, hmm, okay, all right. This is very relevant to every single female on the planet Earth. Whether you have curly hair, straight hair, whether you're bigger, smaller, whatever color skin you have, doesn't matter. This is relevant. Just because you buy something on online shopping does not mean that you have to commit to wear it. <laughs> okay, so let me explain this story. So, you know when you're like online shopping and everything looks so good on the model on online? Why? So why do good. they do that? Because why? it's a bloody selling point. This is why. Yeah. So, they lure you into this the sense of, oh, man, I can look like that. That is exactly what it's going to look like on me. Yeah. So, you're like, cool, you're like super pumped about it. And I would always – this is my younger self when I was – I think I was like 20 – or 19 or around that sort mm. of time. And I every time I had an event on or a party or something like that, I would always have to buy a new outfit because I'm a female and that is what we do and it has not changed. But <laughs> I went on to um, good old ASOS, which I still love, but I went on there, I saw this dress and for some reason, for, for some unknown reason, I thought a bright red, like I'm talking hooker red 
short mini dress. I think pretty woman here. Pretty woman with one full length sleeve, but the other one fully exposed. So it was like an off the shoulder, one sleeve, red, hooker red mini dress. I thought that was a great idea to wear in the middle of winter because, you know, I had one <laughs> full sleeve, so one arm was going to be warm. So that was fine. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to look, I'm going to look exactly like this. So when it arrives, I try it on and I know straight away it's a bad choice. Like I knew it. I was like, my ass was hanging out and it was like very tight. It was bright red. And when I tried it on, I was like, Mia, do not wear this. This is a bad choice. But for some reason I thought, no, I bought it online and I have to wear it because I've committed to it. I've spent $35. That's right. The dress cost me $35. (laughs) And I thought that was too much to spend not to wear it. So I committed fully to wearing this dress. I wore it with absolutely no tan in the dead of winter. Now I'm talking naturally, guys, I'm like as white as a ghost. Like I am I am so fair, so fair that you can see my veins. That's really my like true self You can colour. actually see like her food passing down her esophagus because oh, I'm that see-through. see-through. Yeah, I'm see-through. No, so I'm super pale, which I love pale skin. It's awesome, but not with a bright red dress with black stiletto heels and a bright red lipstick with my hair slicked back into a high bun and just with this black winged liner. And I fully committed to that whole ensemble, even though I knew it looked terrible, I fully committed and I still to this day over, that was like 10 years ago, I still get shit about it from my friends. They go, remember that red dress? Oh Mia, what are you going to wear? It's going to be the red dress and that still taunts me. So my lesson would be just because you buy something online does not mean you need to fully commit to it. Try it on before you go. And if you feel that it's not right, only you can be truly honest with yourself. And if it doesn't look good, don't wear it. Mm, Like it. I think we can all have a story that relates to that Mm. for sure. Hashtag. I feel like I need to hashtag everything. Hashtag don't wear a one sleeve red dress. (laughs) Yeah. Hashtag dress that haunts you for life. <laughs> yes. Um, right. So this will be my last point. Um, we've each got a point and that will take us to 10 things uh, that we would tell our younger selves. My last one is probably a little bit more serious and it would be this. It'd probably be one that I'm currently working on right now. Um, so I wouldn't say that I fully achieved this yet. However, I have made huge steps towards it and it would be this. Be gentle with yourself and give yourself permission to allow others to help you. You don't always have to be strong. That would be something that I would like to be able to demonstrate um, more in my life now. However, if I could just paint you a picture. So I am the eldest child out of four. And when you're the eldest child, now you're going to probably relate to me if you are the eldest child. So I'm hoping that you, <laughs> you're down the same sort of track as me. But when you're the eldest child, you feel like you've just got to pave the way. You've got to be 
number one at everything. You've got to try everything. You are a high achiever extraordinaire. And you're just constantly chasing, constantly chasing to do more things, to be better, to pave the way. Which is why if you're not the um, the eldest, you'd you probably hate the eldest because you're like, yeah. bloody hell, slow the F down. Yeah, like that's me. I'm the youngest. I'm like, oh, great. Hannah has to be good at everything. You're making me look great. bad. Oh, there she goes, yeah. like achieving high standards. And we again. all know that the youngest is the squeakiest wheel and demanding all the attention and just like, look at me, look at me. And I'd be like, but I've done 10,000 backflips and got three master's degrees and yeah. you're just clapping your hands over there. What do you I know, mean? I know. So I would tell myself that, I don't always have to strive to be the biggest and the best. Even though that served me well and I've enjoyed that process, there's also a certain level of pressure that you put on yourself to do that. Learn to be gentle with myself. Again, that comes back to just tuning into your own voice. What is it that I want to do here? What is it that's going to bring power to me? Uh, And just give yourself permission to allow somebody else to help you or allow yourself to just let it be. And I, for me, I never felt like I had that permission. I never felt like I could. I just had to keep striving and keep achieving and keep doing and look at this and look at that. But really, I think that when you give yourself that permission to just be exactly who you are or exactly what you need in that moment, or hey, how about allowing somebody else to support you? because you don't always have to be so strong, um, I think is a bloody good lesson. And I think it's one that I will continue to practice and and learn from uh, well into the rest of my life. Yeah, that's good. Mm. Very good. I like it. Well, my last one is kind of similar as well. My last point would be you are stronger than what you think. Mm. And I think that I'm. I still get – sometimes daily reminders of that where I have to go oh yeah that's right I am stronger than what I think because when we're faced with certain circumstances or hard parts in our life you kind of forget what you've been through Mm. sometimes um and you forget how much you've achieved you forget um you know just incredibly how strong you are and I think that through my life like I've been faced with some fucked up shit I'm just gonna say it (laughs) some really hard hard things and like from my childhood to you know some domestic violent relationships to some other really heavy stuff that's probably not appropriate to talk about right now but I've been through some really tough stuff and I know everyone has um and I think that sometimes we forget about just how much we've been through and what we've been able to get through and I think that I would tell my younger self that um, to to hang in there, to, to know that you're going to get through those tough things that you're going to be faced with, and that you those things that are in, those things that have happened are there to remind you and to constantly draw strength from. Mm. So that every time I'm faced with something difficult that I think that's difficult at the time, I can go, oh, but wait, I've been through that. Mm. Or oh, remember, I got through this. And how's I I strived in that area when I didn't think I could, and I and here I am. So I think that I would tell my younger self, you're stronger than what you think um, and that you're a motherfucking alpha. (laughs) I like this. She's like, this is my point. Uh, How can I put in that I'm a motherfucker alpha? I just just like it, man. Like, I just, I don't know. I feel like this is, obviously I can only speak for myself, but from the hardcore stuff that I've been through and been faced with in my life, and I'm nearly 30 and I've been through a hell of a lot. 
I just I just sit here today going, man, you you're an alpha. And I like mm. that. And I feel good about saying that because I'm reflecting back on all the things that I've been able to get through and all the things that have been thrown my way and I am still here. Mm. I'm still standing. And I I draw strength on that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Hashtag motherfucking alpha. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, cats and dogs, whoever is listening <laughs> in. Uh, they are our 10 things that we would tell our younger self. A um, bit of a mix of serious and a bit of play. Um, but have a think yourself. What are 10 things that you would you would tell your younger self? And once you've got that and say you're a mom or you're listening, see if you can implement that into their life somehow in order to teach yourself at the same time too. Yeah. So with that being said... Until we meet again on another Monday. Until we podcast again on a Monday. (laughs) Bye. Peace.